This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Rock, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Starts now. Ooh, what up, though? I do have a voice this time, so I can give you the full effect. Oh, uh, my voice was pretty well gone when I got back on Tuesday from Chicago and All Out and all the craziness that was AEW All Out Weekend. Uh, we are back here on a Thursday. There's plenty to talk about. AEW Dynamite has come around since all the debuts of uh, Adam Colbebe and uh, Brian Danielson and Ruby Soho and all that good stuff. So we've got plenty to talk about. And now that we've got the fallout, I thought who better to bring back than our buddy Dom. And then, like it says in the caption, we will be joined by the return of Mondo El Toro Gutierrez ahead of his fight at LFA 115 going down September 24th on UFC Fight Pass. So if you guys are sticking around for Mondo, he will be here at 930, but I'm pretty sure if you guys stick around, I might just be able to entertain you. But on another Thursday, how are y'all doing? Corey, how you doing? Dom, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Ready to get another week in the books. Glad we're at Thursday. Got a hell of a job ahead of me on my uh, lovely Friday tomorrow. That's that's one of the things about being in business for yourself is you're the one that has to schedule your own job. So that is uh, sometimes a misfortune when you have to uh, set yourself up like that. But that being the case, ready to get another book in, uh, week in the books. What about you guys? I'm doing pretty well. Don't want to make too much of a thing out of it. Just, you know, something for the chat or somebody to remind later on next time we have something NWA related. That Velvet Sky is horrible on commentary. I forgot to get to that last time. All right, Dom. So since you didn't get to talk about it last time, oh, we, we don't have to explain. do that now. We got a lot to talk about. We really, do we really, you really want to do that right now? <laughs> maybe <laughs> we got maybe 30 we'll minutes. Table, well, I guess we'll table this one for another day. Although I, for <laughs> one, will say that I feel like Velvet Sky has greatly improved on uh, commentary. And I mean, let's face it, she's not too hard to look at. So I'm just saying, not what she used but, uh, to be, but not horrible to look at. But like, that's the you know what the thing is, we're not looking at her the whole time while she's on commentary. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not in the ring. Like before when what she's up, in the no, ring. What up, Bone? Like, I see you in the comments. Do you like my, uh, Velvet Sky on uh, commentary for NWA? Let me know in the comments, bro. If it gains some stream and people actually start commenting on it, I can give my points. But in a week where Punk just made his debut, he got to talk. Daniel Bryan. Uh, yeah, you already covered all out. Sorry, I watched it today, so now I'm trying to think of. Well, no, dude. Yeah, I mean, we had the dynamite that followed after it, man, and now we're kind of seeing uh, where we go out of it. Um, let's uh, let's talk about that now that you've gotten to see all out. You know, Corey and I gave our thoughts, which if you guys missed it, you can check it out in uh the prior episodes. But uh, what were your overall thoughts of all out? Because I mean, again, obviously. I'm a little biased because we were in the building, but that was one of the best pay-per-views I've ever been in the building for. And I still hear a ton of, a ton of buzz in all the media about it. So that, that gives a pretty clear indicator in my eyes where it's at. But, yeah. I enjoyed it. I need to hold, I probably should have gone and gotten the list of matches, you know, so I could uh, give a better, more succinct, I got you. Uh, you're going to pull it up. Cause I, I did enjoy I mean, it. 
I know them all. So you had Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the TNT belt. Right. You had Ke- the low you had blow. Kenny that was Christian important. The- I liked. We, yep. we discussed how they had to. They needed to make Eddie Kingston still look like a badass. They were able to still do that. So I like that. He had one of the second loudest pops of that whole night, too. Wouldn't you say, Corey? They went nuts for Eddie when Eddie Kingston came out, dude. There was a full-blown Eddie, Eddie chant to the point where that bitch was rocking. So oh, Eddie Kingston is definitely moving. I do have a point, all right, with Moxley. Uh, I've been saying this for a while. I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys, but I've been telling people with all of these talents that AEW has been acquiring. I, I know I've said it with Adam Page. They, I liked how they, you know had a storyline where he and the dark order kind of fumbled the ball and now he's not able to, you know, uh, get that title match so soon. Cause I felt it was too soon to take the title off Omega. It's a lot of, it's a lot of juggling of guys getting pushes without actually getting them in the title spot. Cause it's not time for Omega to lose a title yet. What are you going to do with Moxley right now? Well, if you keep him busy with all these Japanese talents coming in, it's, it doesn't make him look bad. It doesn't like, and people aren't asking so many questions as to why isn't he at the top? You know, like you got, how do you keep Malachi Black away? Well, I think they're going to need to well, have some I DQ, think Cody... DQ losses uh, at some point. Like, it, it's interesting to see how they juggle all of these things. And I, I feel like Moxley right now, working with the Japanese talent, is what they're doing with him. I feel like, yeah, Cody, when Cody comes back, that'll give something for Malachi Black to do. But it when you add Adam Cole to the mix, now Brian Danielson, CM Punk. It's going to be very interesting to see them juggle all of their pushes without having them all trying to step on each other for the title or, you know, lose that steam or hype about it. Because when you have that's a very good point. But let me interject one point that I didn't hear you mention in that. Okay. on top of all that, as we come out of all out, I mean, that puts Christian versus Kenny at one match apiece. So oh, you gotta God. Have, you got to have <laughs> no. a rubber match. Because Christian beat. To? Chris, yes, we hell yeah, you do. Because both of those matches were dope. No, but I don't I don't, I don't. don't need to see anymore. I didn't <laughs> I didn't need to see his feud to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, fi- I guess fine. I'm not going to be mad about it, but I'm not, I'm not excited about it. I'm not about mad it. about it at all because the matches have not, been good. But, but when I know how it's going to happen, and I know that. Like, but did you think that. Did you really honestly think that Christian was going to beat Kenny for the Impact title? Didn't care. It doesn't matter to me. It it, it it doesn't matter that Kenny got beaten for it as long as, like like I said, I, I wish it was Andrade. I don't think it was the best move to take it off of him, but it was like, is that is that really the one that, that matters? It's kind of like meeting Obviously, somebody in AEW the middle. Obviously, AEW title is like the big title, but I'm saying right. as far as like we've talked about before, and even in something it's that we were talking about. It's sacrificial lamb to keep this thing going. When well, we didn't, I didn't well, need well, to no, see that's this not even what I was going to say, though. But that's not even what I was going to say, though. And something we were talking about before we went on air, you know, we talked about uh, the comments of Mick Foley, you know, towards WWE, but this is exactly what he's talking about when he talks about the storyline stuff. Because now you have two matches in which both of them legitimately won and they were both good matches. Plus you ask about, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, but you ask about, uh, you know, what are they going to do with all these simultaneous pushes? Let's not forget that Adam Cole coming back and being part of the elite. Let's not forget. It was Kenny Omega who put Adam Cole out of the bullet club in the first place. 
So eventually, that's going to have to be addressed on being right. the elite so, or AEW or something. So eventually, you think, if it's not Hangman, I mean, hell, it could be Adam Cole to take the belt off him. Or, or here's a better one. It could be what Adam, if you Cole go to Adam Cole to help Hangman. Or what about Adam Cole versus Brian Danielson? That's what it kind of looked like coming out of there. Yeah. And when they were on AEW on Wednesday, that's what it looked like. And I don't know about you, but Brian Danielson without all the handcuffs on him and Adam Cole being able to do whatever the hell they want, to me, that sounds pretty fucking interesting. Well, yeah, it 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 does. Uh, like, and I said, they're keeping Brian Danielson away from that title spot or that title picture immediately. But I'm, you know, that a lot of these guys are eventually going to be looking at the title, and eventually want to see Punk win it. Eventually, I w- I would like to see Brian win it, but at some point, it impacts your future and and when you're building these other young guys, I. What I'm, what I basically, what I'm trying to say is, I think AEW is basically filling up on on talent. Like they, unless they're going to expand to two hours on Rampage and then they're going to divide the rosters, I don't think they have a, enough space to push everybody. You know, like well, no you got, you got Bray Wyatt. Have enough. Uh, you add Bray Wyatt and then what? I I think they should probably stop acquiring talent. They have enough people to push. Where's Ricky Starks? I love Ricky Starks. Where has he been? Barely. He, he just uh, did. You watch he, Dynamite? I did. On I did. He had he had a small little promo with Brian Cage, but I'm like, he's still doing this with Brian no, Cage. No, but no. CM Punk called out Ricky Starks in them. He yes, he did. But I, we haven't seen him barely at all. We haven't been seeing enough of him. We got that little bit, but Ricky Starks again was barely. He's barely been on television. It's something that's been lacking. He wasn't. Was he on the pay per view? He didn't have a match on the pay per view, right? So I'm saying in, the, in what I digested today, he was barely on and he I haven't seen him very much since what he screwed over Brian Cage. And then he said something in a promo the week after there isn't enough space for all of them. And I feel like a guy like Ricky Starks, who I think could be the future of their company. Some of these guys will suffer and I don't it's just so going to be interesting. I agree with you 100 percent there, but here's where I think they might have a saving grace that. WWE doesn't have on the other side because you mentioned Moxley when Moxley came to the ring Moxley came out wearing what he came out wearing a GCW hoodie the fact that they're even allowing him to wear that kind of shit on TV now that at the show that Corey and I were at which again I know I said there's a vlog coming from Chicago and it's coming I should have it out most likely tomorrow I probably you said you would have had it out yesterday I thought that I couldn't have it out yesterday because my camera wouldn't give me the footage um, we talked about that on cool. Tuesday. Yeah, I couldn't get the I couldn't get the footage from the camera, so I couldn't edit it together. But I went and got that taken care of today. We will have the vlog out to you guys tomorrow. But like I said, we were at GCW War Games. I don't know how the hell Atticus Kogar is still alive. Uh, and on top of that, you are not you know I mean Corey, am I am I wrong? <laughs> Yeah, this man got thrown the off a twenty foot, twenty five foot fucking scaffold through it back into the ring that was had a big ass pane of glass there in the middle of the ring, and then got up and was walking around drinking a beer afterwards. Yeah, that was that was wild. That that whole match was wild. GCW. I wonder what kind of medication he's on. <laughs> like I don't know, man, but shit. He if you tell me adrenaline, adrenaline's a mad ass. That's got to be a hell of a rush, dude, because, I mean, like I said. It only lasts for uh, so long, though. (laughs) Right. 
he's going to be feeling it tomorrow. No way to, no way about it. And the thing is, he does death matches a lot. So that guy's body, I don't know if you're used to that or or what the deal it is. I don't, I don't... you can get used to that. RSP, did, RSP didn't get thrown off the scaffold, dude. It wasn't RSP, I promise you. I uh, promise you it wasn't because I have the clips in the I have the clips in the vlog. I promise. I was gonna uh, say RSP got me. RSP got fucked up, but Kogar's the one that got thrown off the scaffold by uh, Matthew Justice and uh, uh, Mance Warner. That's what we were talking about. To your to your point about uh, you know doing a lot of death matches and whatnot, I didn't think that when Nick Gage came here that he did his best. Like it wasn't his best death match by any means. But I didn't get mad because I'm like, I can't expect him to do that stuff night in, night out. That that it, it does take a toll on your body. So while it might have been disappointing to not get the real Nick Gage glass everywhere experience, it was nice to be able to say I saw Nick Gage and I know like he's probably doing that. You just can't get mad about it because he can't do it that often. Yeah, that's I agree with I you. I actually noted on the night was the fact that, that he was kind of like last in line to close the show. And while they had all the chaos ensue beforehand, they brought him out to kind of close the show and give the fans a, a taste. He was of what the they Deo wanted. Sex Machina. Yeah. yeah. You know what a Deo Sex Machina is? The uh, game? Is that what you're. No, no, okay. It, it's actually. Uh, it's actually a it was from Greek mythology. This is where we got the crane from. So in Greek mythology or when they do plays to the gods, um, at the end of like Greece at its height, as it was on its downturn, authors started making like six hour long plays with a bunch of problems. And then the authors are like, we don't know how to wrap all this up. And they've been sitting here six hours already. So they would fly the god up on a crane and he would say, all right, everybody, everyone lived happy ever after. You can all go home now. Like, it just out of nowhere. So he came in out of nowhere, saved the day, deus ex machina. Okay. Little little extra education for you guys. See, that's, we bring you the good things. You know, you never know what Dom's going to bring with him, but uh, now you learn about some shit that I didn't even know about. But, uh, like, I'm just I'm I don't just see saying. where the invention of the crane came from. <laughs> hey, man, I, was, I wasn't expecting this to go down that road. But like I said, AW, I mean... Dude, they they've got like you said, you really kind of hit the nail on the head with where I was going in that in that there's a lot of intrigue as to where they're going to go, especially with Moxley going back to face Nick Gage again for the GCW title October 9th in uh, Atlantic City. Uh I mean, you don't know what's going to happen or who is who's even still going to show up. If nothing else, man, for the first time in a long time, I just felt like this is the first time we've had a show where wrestling fans were genuinely fucking excited to see the shit. Like everybody wanted to see what was going to happen. Everybody kind of had whatever their own expectation it was, whether punk wasn't going to be as good as it is they thought, or, you know, I don't think, I mean, obviously Adam Cole was rumored, but I can say I, for one sure as fuck, didn't think that if he was leaving, that he was going to show up at all out. I didn't There's think, no way. I didn't think Brian Danielson and Adam Cole would show up in the same night. That's like, right. Why, why, why would you, I, I don't understand if that was a, a good decision or a bad decision, um, you know, because I would think that they would have debuted one, and they'd have that sizzle, that that um, that hype, that hype. Because eventually, CM Punk, that that sizzle that he has is gonna that honeymoon phase is gonna fall off. Then you got an injection of Adam Cole or Brian Danielson for a few weeks, and then when that hype starts to die down, you bring in the other one. 
I thought that they had would have a few bullets in the chamber that they would release. Now, I, I don't want to say this is a full WWE move, but I have been known to say that WWE likes to blow their load all in one. Like they just, as they like to do with their pay-per-views, and they'll blow their matches off real quickly. It's just felt like they blew their load too quick. And I, I, I don't want to say that oh, it was a horrible move because this is AEW and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I feel like they've earned some, but it does feel like a WWE move where you blow your full load all at once. And so I don't quite know how to take that. Yeah, I, I can see why you think that way. And But being there on the night, it was kind of because of the fact that uh, Brian Daniels was so... Or Dan, however he changed Daniel Danielson, sir. That's his. That's his actual he, real name. Okay, Brian well, Danielson. I, with the three different iterations of the same name. All right, forgive me for <laughs> not remembering which one it is at the moment. But either way, I'm telling. Dan, I'm telling so, Brian Danielson. With that being so rumored of him coming in and coming to AEW, I guess that was like when people had thought about who was going to make a guest appearance and make their way onto the roster that night on the pay-per-view. That's who they thought of. So when they brought Adam Cole out, it was just a total shock to the whole crowd. It really was. I'm, like every single person in that crowd went nuts as soon as he, his music went on. So it, with that being said, it was like, I could see why you say that, but at the same point, like they didn't, they maybe knew that Brian Danielson was going to come, but they didn't know that Adam Cole was going to come whatsoever. So it, it was, was a great a, moment. It was a great moment. And I, well, I'm not going to take anything away from that moment. Like it was a nice moment to watch. I liked how it unfolded. I'm just not sure and sold on where they're going to go in the future. Like, was that the best choice? I'm not sure. You know, like it, it, I won't say it was a bad moment. It was hella fun to watch. Just right. don't know if that was the wisest way to go about it. Understandable. I I mean, like I say, it, I can see your point there, but at the same time, like I said, until I'm not saying they're above screwing it up because obviously I would say uh I would say GCW obviously still has, you know, some not GCW, AEW's got uh some growing to do in their overall, you know, their overall booking and things like that. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, they're three years in, but if we're talking about impact or something that made a buzz and, and made, you know, wrestling fans legitimately be like, Holy shit. I mean, if that was the goal to be like the big pop for your, you know, your one, you know, for your big pay-per-view of the year. Cause we know they said all out will always be one of their uh, pillar pay-per-views. Right. Um, I mean, I can't blame you. I can't blame you for it. Well, since we were talking about that, talking about WWE and some of the things WWE is prone to do, Uh-oh. everybody knows there was some contact uh, comments from one Mick Foley. Mick oh, Foley is fun. still very much still connected with WWE, and he basically came out in a tweet and earlier this week and basically said, I will read it for you. Uh, Mick Foley just posted a tweet regarding WWE. I think you... Uh, I think you do, and the problem is that WWE is no longer the place for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, uh, creating storylines, 
but part of the problem is your own making. I think younger talent sees the way developmental mental characters are cut out and left by the wayside. In the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made made to a joke when he debuts on the main roster. If it's not broke, don't fix it. If I was an inspiring talent now, big league talent with the major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure that I would trust the powers to be with my career in their hands. Until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. I Do you mean, want me to I, comment on that? Go ahead, even, you first. Even from an outside perspective, I mean, that he seemed to hit the nail on the head because it seems like AEW is doing one really good thing, and that's listening to their fans and giving them what they want, but not in a point where it's oversaturated and overdone because, of course, fans are going to ask for exorbitant things if you allow them to. But, but they're doing a really good job of following that line of keeping everybody happy but still keeping themselves happy in the meantime. Do you, do you remember the Nightmare Collective? No. Yep. How long did that storyline last? You, you, Corey doesn't remember it. So, but how, how long did that Nightmare Collective storyline last? Three, four maybe weeks. Maybe a few weeks. Maybe a few weeks. But that also had to do with the fact that Kong had to go away for uh, the glow tapings. That's why they they pulled that. Oh, uh, I I heard because it was getting a bad reaction. So I thought it was in part that they just no, said, "All right, we're going to scrap it." Kong got pulled. Kong had to get pulled because Kong was still doing. Awesome Kong, who uh, retired at NWA and power for anybody who doesn't know who I'm talking about. But awesome, you almost forgot to cover that spot if I didn't remind you. Moving right along, no, I didn't. (laughs) I I was like, we're gonna, I was like, we're gonna skip over that, and you were like, oh right, that was a big moment. Like Kong and Gail Kim. Well, I mean, oh, during the you're talking about during the NWA episode. I thought you right right now. I'm like, no, I knew exactly where you were going. No, 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 no. No, but yeah, dude, uh, like I said, Kong uh, Kong had, from my knowledge, now again, this is just from what I've read and what I know, but if I'm not mistaken, she had to leave for GLOW, for the GLOW tapings, and then I believe, I don't know if she got pregnant or what happened, but she, like I said, she definitely left for the GLOW tapings. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that also might have been right around the time Brandy got pregnant as well. No, Brandy got pregnant a little while later. They, she was doing okay. something else. Like she ended up, they they, they just took it off. But she didn't. End well, up that was their way to later. turn her heel. But I think once you lost Kong, that whole nightmare collective deal is gone because she was like the big heater of it. There's nobody I, else you could have stuck in her spot unless we would have fast forwarded to when Jade Cargill was around and you take have her take the place. But uh, or or if you could somehow get Nia Jax, Nia Jax could have been that one heater. Well, and let's talk about honest, that. Go ahead. Okay, I mean, well, we were we were starting with Mick Foley. We haven't actually. Yeah, we, we got to talk. We got, about we got, yeah, we got we got off we got off off the rails here. My point was, uh, WWE, and I said this a couple weeks ago. Like when you you like anybody in NXT, as soon as they get called up to the main roster, it's like everything you like is either taken away or changed. Um, and I guess Vince said in a conference call that when they get to NXT, they got to beat the indie out of them, and then when they get to you know, Raw or SmackDown, they got to beat the NXT out of them. Uh, Is that not discouraging to you as a talent to say, okay, get yourself over. Okay, now that you've gotten yourself over, forget everything about your character that's gotten over. We're going to, you're starting over from scratch. I have a friend who wants to be a wrestler with, with their life. And I've literally advised them at every turn, 
do not, do not, do not go to WWE because the character you want to portray, they will never understand. They won't know what to do with it. And look no further than Bray Wyatt. How many times do we have to bring this up? He's reinvented himself how many times? If I'm looking at this, the, the real core interesting part about this that I feel you're going to get to is because Mick Foley works for this con- this company, that this is so controversial. But what I, my point was in the pre-show when you told me and you cut me off was that he has nothing really to lose. He is not an actual wrestler of this com- company. He's not active anymore. How does this affect his push? What politics does he have to play? None. No, and I get it. I don't think it affects him at all. I'm just saying it's usually you don't hear people speak out like that while they're still under that WWE banner. But I think this just shines a bigger light in showing what the actual problem is when you have somebody like a Mick Foley who's still with the company and saying that. And even furthermore, years ago, though, I don't remember exactly what it was. To finish my point, though, Brian Danielson basically said the same thing after the cameras went off the air at all out. He said, I loved WWE, but I had to leave because I'm a wrestler. I wanted to wrestle. He, and he goes, I'm a pro wrestler. I came here to fucking wrestle. So my point being, I don't think it always has to do with maybe they don't love the company, but they want, you know, they want to have their, you know, want to have their full creative freedom. Well, our guest of the night, Mondo El Toro Gutierrez will be joining us here shortly. He has just joined the room. Um, Dom, before I let you get out of here, man, you know, what are your quick thoughts on uh, what they're saying we're supposed to see on Friday with the return of Brock Lesnar to to confront Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman at the Garden on SmackDown? I'm intrigued to see Brock speak. And Brock is not a good talker. Brock does not like to talk. This is a known thing. So I'm I'm confused. How are I'm intrigued at the relationship dynamic with Heyman and Brock and Roman, but who's going to talk for Brock? What is going to carry this on his end? Is he just going to F5 Paul Heyman? Are they going to tease Brock getting his hands on Paul Heyman a lot? And like he grabs the mic out of his hand and or something like because unless Brock's going to say you talk too much like to, to Roman, like I, you know, I, I just I don't. I'm intrigued, but I don't see this being a a promo battle. Like, you know, I, I don't see Brock. I don't think it's to... meant to be a promo battle. I think more of the story is around the fact that everyone knows his relationship with Paul Heyman, and now Paul Heyman's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he knows if he goes against Brock, Brock will fucking kill him. If he goes against rock, Roman Reigns, Roman will fucking kill him. And in the meantime, he's got his two meal tech, his two meal tickets about the butt heads. So I feel like the intrigue in this story has to do with which side is Paul Heyman going to take? Who is Paul Heyman going to speak for? If Brock's going to speak on his own, what the fuck's he going to say? I think that's where the money's at in this because this is going to be the first guy they put against Roman Reigns that can legitimately challenge him. So you're what you're saying is that you're going to have Brock at first speaking for both and go, this is what Roman thinks and this is what Brock thinks. And I'm out. <laughs> like, goodbye. <laughs> like, I just, uh, I, I don't think Brock's ever going to talk a lot, dude. I really don't. 
I think uh, I don't think he's going to talk a lot. I think he's going to be short, sweet, and to the point. I mean, he talked a little bit. If you watch uh, in his run when he split with Paul Heyman before, when Paul went with the Big Show at Survivor Series. Now, was he cutting five star promos? No, but I don't think any of us really expect Brock Lesnar. I think the perfect Brock Lesnar promo, the same as a perfect Brock Lesnar match. Come in, get your shit in, get the hits in. Bang, boom, bomb, you know, let it be just a fucking car crash for the five or seven minutes that it's going to be or whatever it ends up being. I think that's when you get the Brock, best Brock Lesnar. But then again, I say that, look at the stories he's told Wait. with like John Cena, AJ Styles, that kind of stuff as well. Brock so can that's totally why. go in the ring. He just doesn't have to anymore. Brock I could agree. do long matches. But to say that's the best out of him, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that's the best the current, Brock Lesnar. I think in the, okay. Well, hey, sure, we like might, for character wise, yeah, but we're you got. But that's what I'm saying. For what you you've got, got now to have sports. Roman, well, you got to remember Roman's their other big character. You can't just let him die. You know what I mean? So right. you have to keep them both strong. So that match means that any way this happens, whenever this match takes place, it's going to be a fucking car crash. That's what's yes, going to happen. But it, but it, it has be. to be because Roman got the shit beat out of him the last time him and Brock faced each other. So you have to have Roman beat the shit out of Brock a little bit to at least let him get his shit in and now i feel like they're two totally different characters but yeah I, like now I said, roman's a heel whereas he was right. a baby face before right and that brings a whole new dynamic to it so it's all the more reason that we got to check out friday for smackdown coming live from the garden you also have aw rampage that's coming on hey dude like i said Dom, it's always a pleasure to have you on with us. Everybody who was asking for Dom to come back in the comments, we will definitely have Dom back at a later point as well. Like I said, you're always welcome whenever you want, man. We got uh we got pay-per-views and things like that coming up. And GCW is coming back here in November. In November. So might, yes. Might be, we might see Mox. We might see Mox and GCW come November. Uh, I don't know that he'd come that, to Detroit, but shit, much, if he does, I'm all with it. Yeah, I don't know that he comes out to Detroit. Now, if he's still Wait, champ, wait, wait, wait. That's what I'm saying. If he ends up being champ. And but why, Cardona why didn't come out and he was champ. But he's also from Cincinnati, Ohio. How far is Detroit from Ohio? But he lives in Vegas now. He's still got family you can see in Columbus. Like I hear that. I mean, you know, like I mean, I'm not mad at it. I mean, I think Corey would agree after what we saw. I'm not mad at him showing up in Detroit. Yeah, no, he was one of the more impressive. I mean, even though it was short, it was it, it'd be fun to see him on another match for sure. Well, we're gonna have to see what happens come GCW Detroit in uh November. Dom it's always a pleasure and Thanks we're going to have to get in contact because now the football season has gotten, uh, underway. gotten underway. You know, we're going to maybe have to let us know in the comments, what you guys think, you know, maybe we'll have to bring you uh, some of our thoughts towards some of these football games. But like I said, September 24th is going to be a big day for us. We've got a lot of fights, both here bet on the and 49ers local. bet on the Niners. Okay. We're bet on the Niners, the Niners this weekend. Interesting. We're going with the Niners this weekend. All right, you heard it here first. Dom said bet on the Niners, but we're telling you to bet on Mondo El Toro Gutierrez as he gets in the cage at LFA 115 on September 24th. So, Dom, until the next time we bring you in, brother, we appreciate your time. Me. And like I said, make sure you follow Dom at all of his social medias and all that good stuff. And, uh, hey, Dom man, show. if you want to keep seeing Dom in the comments, man, you know, you know where to find us. Later. Peace, Later. brother. Uh, oh, oh, shit. We go from talking wrestling to the man who's about to get in there and start scrapping. On September 24th, we are joined by the man himself, 
Mondo, El Toro, Gutierrez. How you doing, brother, man? I'm good, brother. How you guys doing, man? Real Shit, good. man, I'm uh, I'm still uh, feeling the effects of these last couple weeks, man. I'm starting to feel like some of these WWE guys, bro. I just got back from uh, Vegas and Nashville a couple weeks ago, and then I we were out in Chicago for All Out uh, this past weekend. So, yeah, man, we've been all over the place. Hey, man, got to do it, bro. There's worse problems to have than being a little jet lag, bro. Ain't oh, nobody's complaining. I didn't say I was complaining. I oh, mean, yeah. we could get me back on a fucking plane tomorrow oh, so yeah. I don't have to go back to work. I mean, I'm just saying. If I get the trade, let's go out here versus go to work. Sorry, but slinging the mail doesn't sound like the best option to me. (laughs) All right, man. Well, we got plenty to talk about. It's been a little while since you've been on. Uh, You're getting ready to go to war um, at LFA 115, September 24th. Um, Tell me a little bit about your last fight, man. It's been a little while since we've had you on. You know, you bounce back. uh, You bounce back after you had your first loss, and you had a tough-ass fight in that fight, too. You know, the fight that... Uh, yeah. It was a little... I mean, I like... like To be honest, if you watched the fight, you saw me get my ass beat for the first half of it and then beat his ass for the second half of it. It was a little... uh It was a little closer than it should have been just because, you know, I went in there with a lot of nerves and I just like... I was like, I got to win this fight. I got to win this fight. You know, it was weird. I've never felt that before, you know? I had a game plan until I heard the bell ring and then I was like, oh, yeah that shit's going out the window. I got to go out there and just beat the shit out of this dude. So, I mean, I went out there with reckless abandon and it didn't really work out for me too much at first, but luckily I was able to go out there and, uh, you know, use my skill set to, to bounce back and get it popping and then win the fight. Yeah. Hey man, that's the thing. That was a, go ahead, Corey. I I was just going to say, I remember me and Kyle sitting back watching that, uh, LFA card and just being nervous as hell, man. Like you said, that, that first couple minutes were uh, a little nerve wracking over here. Yeah, bro. But see, all the, all the real ones knew what it was, bro. There's no way I was about to get finished again. No chance, dude. This just wasn't going to happen. Like leading up to that fight, everything that was coming out of my mouth, everything, like I was just spewing confidence, you know, I was like, I was just ready for whatever. I was ready to go in there and die before I lost again. So. It was just a totally different feeling that I'd never had before. And I honestly, I was I was real, real confident that I was going to come out with the dub, but I did not expect it to go anything like that. Well, what was it like uh, learning from the nerves? I mean, obviously, we all expect one thing from, you know, like you say, coming back from your first loss and stuff. But what were you able to learn from dealing with those nerves in that return fight? Um, I learned that, like, slow and steady wins the race every time, you know, like, when I got back up and I, like, after the onslaught, you know, those first two minutes went perfect for him. He did everything right. Everything was going perfect. You know, you couldn't have dreamed it any better for him. And then it didn't work. And then I felt his heart go away. So then I just felt, I just knew that the rest, I knew that fight was mine once that didn't work for him. Cause you know, he did everything perfect and it didn't work. So I was like, okay, I'm clearly better than this guy. He can't finish me. So then I got back up and I was like, little by little, I just started chipping away at him and everything I was throwing was hitting because I I slowed down. I took a breath. I relaxed. I realized I was in a fight and that was the biggest lesson I could have ever, ever had was simply slowing shit down and just relaxing and and letting my skills do the talking. I don't have to go out there and prove anything to anybody. I just got to go out there and just dominate and win win every position and do what I got to do. Hey, I, I literally told her I had an interview right now and she's still calling me. So, hey, I'm in the middle of an interview. Say hi to everybody. What up, though? Hey. All right. I'm going to in a second. 
Hey, man. I told her. But, um, hey, man, yeah. the man's got to make moves, bro. I got to do what I got to do, bro. I got to promote this shit, man. Got to do my thing. I, I hear it, man. And and again, we've talked about that before. I would say that's definitely uh, one of your strong suits is you're trying to fight in the LFA uh, for this fight. And I know UFC is ultimately uh, the goal for you. Mike, let me ask you that. Is there any like real thought process for you as you, you know, start to climb the ranks in LFA and think towards, you know, where the next step is, whether that's UFC, Bellator, wherever? Uh, do you feel like your ability to use your social media is going to be crucial for you as you move up? As you can see, there's so many people that are signing in to the UFC and all these promotions. Do you think that that's something that you can use to kind of help make you stick out a little bit apart from the fact that you can just get in there and scrap? Dude, honestly, I, it's something that that's a big part of my career since I started. Like I was I went to school for marketing, so that's, like, something that I was always into, you know, promoting myself, doing stuff like that. But the thing is, like, after a while with, like, this fighting stuff, it just kind of turned into more of a job. I didn't like it. I don't like it, you know? And I feel like this fight camp specifically is uh, where it just took a huge 180. There's a There's been a big change in that where I'm like, dude, I don't. I don't care about promoting it anymore. I don't care about doing anything anymore. I talk to my people, you know, I talk to you guys because you guys are my friends, you know. I like I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to do it now, not because I have to. I don't have to do anything, you know. I'm I started when I first started fighting, I, I yeah, I had goals and like dreams of being in the UFC and stuff like that and like being famous and winning a world title and all that sort of stuff, but the whole point is enjoying it, you know? Like why would I do it if I didn't love it? So I'm just trying to focus on the fact that I love this and doing everything because I love it, not because I have to do it, not because, oh, making this move or taking this fight is what's going to get me to the UFC. It's not about that. For me, it's just go out there and fight a tough-ass dude. I'm fighting a tough-ass dude in his, in, in his backyard. I'm going to go out there and beat the brakes off him in front of everybody and, like, God willing, get my hand raised at the end of the night and it'll all just work out, you know what I'm saying? And I get to see my people after, hang out with everybody, relax, you know, and do it all over again because that's just what I love doing. I love the process, you know. I love getting better. I love fighting, and I tend, I, I just, I recently just had a like a little bit of a like a change of heart when it comes to everything else, when it comes to the sponsors and and the clout and the promotion and all that sort of stuff, you know. So, I mean, I'm just hanging out now, just loving it. It's great. I, I like it. So as you, go ahead, Corey. Uh, I was just going to say in life, it really can't all be about the destination. It can't be all about what's in the future. You got to take advantage of what you got when you got it and take advantage of the moments while they're here. So, you know, you can't constantly be chasing the future if you're worried, if you don't have what you got now. So Exactly. Yeah, definitely. bro. So that brings up a good point. I mean, as you come into this fight at LFA 115, I mean, you, you know, your guys camp in Mercy Lago MMA is really, uh, really starting to expand, man. You guys have got the likes of Joaquin Buckley over there. Now you got chaos over there. You're doing your thing in LFA Gilmore just got signed too. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does it feel for you to see, you know, Mercy Lago kind of starting to step up out the shadows as you guys got, you know, a room full of guys who are fighting, you know, on the, on the top levels of the world. I mean, what does that do for you confidence wise, as you go into this fight? Dude, it's huge. You know, it's more than just any one of us. You know, Mercy's never our team from the beginning, even before the UFC, before any of that happened. Like 
I moved here for one thing and one thing only is because it was a group of tough ass dudes that just were winning fights. That's it. And there must be a reason for that, you know? And then when I moved here and I realized why, um, it I, I realized that it was just because of like the family the family atmosphere, the fact that we that we're all we got, you know, we all come from nothing. We share that in common and we just all love to fight. There's something like at some point in our lives, all of us, something went wrong drastically wrong to the point where we're like, I'm going to just go lock myself in a cage and punch somebody for a living. And that's just what I'm going to do. And we're all, we all the same type of crazy in there. You know, we all share that type of crazy and everyone comes in and grinds it out every single day. And like the energy is just contagious. You know, we've been getting more and more guys. Uh, we've been getting crazy additions. People that some, some of the guys people don't even know about, you know, like for example, Adam Kerr, Adam Kerr is only, he's 0-1 as a pro, but the dude is an absolute animal, man. He's a savage. We got um, Charles Johnson. Everybody knows who that is now. Starting to make make big waves. You know, he's a huge addition to the team. Uh, You know, like with boosting the team morale and the technique of the team and just the atmosphere, he's he's done a huge job. So shout out to him. And obviously he's been a huge part of elevating my game as well. Um, We got a ton of guys, you know, Cody Digg. And Michael Nyquil are both, you know, IBJJF world champs that are both on our team now. And they're one's a big guy, one's a little guy. So those are huge guys added to our team. We got a new JITS coach, all sorts of stuff, man. So I really can't complain. Like it's it's been awesome on the team. You know, I, I, we're super blessed that things have been going well. We're just steady trying to grow it more and more and more until everybody's in the UFC and everyone's making money. Well, that's a perfect segue, if any, to talk about some of the stuff that's been going down in Michigan, man. I mean, tomorrow night, for any of you guys who are fans of the Bare Knuckle Fisticuffs, make sure you hit that subscribe button because we've got past interviews with the homie Josh the Hammer Burns, who's going to war tomorrow night for BKFC against Shoemaker. He finally got the shot. Let's see if he can get the dub down. Like I said, if you guys are uh, fans of the Bare Knuckle FC stuff, man, Michigan's making some noise out here, bro. So yeah. I'm hoping we can get it down. And shout out to Kenny Robles. Our boy Kenny Bank on it. Robles was supposed to go to war uh, tomorrow night at the 2300 Arena in Philly. Uh, his opponent couldn't pass his medical, so his fight is now off. But uh, I think we'll be seeing Robles back in the ring real soon. And the crazy thing is the same night that you're fighting, I mean, I, for one, am going to be at the Motor City Casino because you got Bazzi's fighting. Yes, Bazzi, you got baby, Taylor Moore. Yes, sir. That's a banger. Bro, yes, I'm sir. You got Jesse Bozzi, who's also a past guest of the show, fighting. And then that's not even to me the fight that I'm most forward looking forward to on that card because I've trained with both of them. I trained with Floyd from the time he started. So Floyd versus uh Marco Smallman, who also happens to be a past guest of this show. Bro. I mean, I, bro, you gotta look at it. I mean, I hope no one takes this the wrong way. The, the way I see that fight, I got huge respect for both of those guys, and I'm loving that fight. You know, that's a perfect fight to make. And um, one guy, you know, started off slow and steady and just started working his way up. And the other guy started off hot, boom, and then had a couple slip-ups, you know, and he's trying yep. to maintain and get back get back on that winning record. Or, I mean, on that winning, you know, that winning trajectory. Yep. And I'm excited to see that clash, you know, because both guys have a ton to lose. Good. They both have a ton to gain. So that's a gamer fucking fight, man. I'm super hyped for that fight. You ain't lying. That's going to be a that's good fight fun. back and forth. Both dudes are good. And the training background between them, dude, I just feel like, for me, that's the fight I'm uh, most looking forward to from Clip Promotions. Maybe I'll have to reach out to Floyd and see if we can bring uh, Floyd on here to talk about that fight a little bit. But yeah, before be awesome. we get off 
I would love to. I mean, I've known shit. Floyd's a wrestling fan too. He can shit, shit with some wrestling with us too. So uh, yeah. let's go before we get off of your fight at LFA one fifteen. I mean, I've been noticing a trend in a lot of the things that you've been posting in that you've already mentioned that your mindset towards the game has changed as far as social media and things like that. But you know, it just seems from what I see, it looks like you are a lot more focused right now, and you're you know you're not going in there to play any games. I saw you post something probably a couple days ago, basically saying to the effect of it ain't personal. It's all business. Just like you hear from chaos all the time. Like I don't, I ain't going in there to make friends. I'm going in there to make a statement. So uh, tell me a little bit about your mindset going into this fight. Do you feel like uh, because you had that one loss that you, you know, feel you have anything to prove from that? Or do you think it's just all trying to show out to UFC or whoever it is? Like, look, man, I'm next up. Um, That's a great question, bro. Honestly, uh, to, to be completely honest, not to get too deep, so we don't so we don't do all that and touch too deep. Uh, after that loss, I went through a whole lot of shit, man. I went through I went through some dark dark times, and I realized that those dark times aren't worth it. I'd rather suffer every single day in the gym, and I'd rather suffer every second of that weight cut, and I'd rather suffer every second of those grueling training sessions than to ever suffer the pain of defeat ever again. And I just I think that that's that's the pain that I have to put on somebody else. You know, I miss I miss a lot of things. I miss birthdays. I miss weddings. I miss vacations. I miss food. I miss parties with my family. I miss all sorts of stuff. And you like that's something a part of my like for someone who's trying to do this because they love it and enjoy it. There's still a whole lot of sacrifice. Make no mistake. No matter what, you're sacrificing a ton to be able to do this at a high level. And um, I just. I just had a change of heart with it, you know. I, I don't want to feel that ever again. I'm going to put that on the other person. And even though I'm a nice guy and I'm that's my reputation and that's what I'm – like, that's what, just what people know me as, as a, as a, as a guy who tries to carry himself well and be a good example. In those 15 minutes, none of that matters, or 25 minutes. None of that should matter. In those 25 minutes, I'm going in there with absolutely nothing but bad intentions. All I want to do is – you know, I want to do some bad stuff to you. I want to hurt you. I really do. And um, as soon as though, uh, the people that know me well and the people that I genuinely care about know that as soon as that bell rings, that last bell's over, it's back to the normal me. But in that moment, I have to do what I have to do. And that's just something that um, it came with a new level of training. Uh, you know, the, the added, uh, you know, the added personnel in our room, you know, we got nothing but killers in there right now. And even in practice, dude, it's a grind every day. We we're in there beating the dog shit out of each other. It's awesome. And um, I realized that, you know, the, the best, the, the fun of this sport is training your ass off, getting better, making adjustments. That's the best part is the climb. You know, it's not always like the win. The win is unbelievable. It's like a drug, but it's, it's about knowing like the win. It's what the win resembles. The win resembles you putting in that work and getting something out of it, you know, having something to show for it. That's all I care about. I'd fight for free. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here. I'm here to win fights, and that's it. And I mean, it's just the the. It's just what I have to instill in my brain from now on because I'm not. I can't take this shit lightly anymore. I can't, especially with the guys that they're putting in front of me. There's absolutely no way these are all killers now. So I have to be prepared to do anything I got to do. I mean, dude, go ahead, Corey. Go ahead, Corey. I was just gonna say, definitely under the LFA banner, that's one thing they're known for is putting on killer matchups for sure. 
<laughs> and one thing you had kind of noted there was <clears throat> that getting back into the gym, getting is everything that you have put into this, it is a showcase of your skills. It's supposed to be a showcase of your competition. So it, it's supposed to be full out skills, full out everything that you have in front of you. So like you said, the, that killer mentality and everything like that, that's what, you know, that's what's expected, I guess you can say. So when, when you say that, that's what you hope to see, I guess you could say. All right. So we got Donald is back in the comments and Donald, I do have that click fired up. So since Mondo, we know you ain't really scared of shit and we know that you used to be a, a fan of the wrestling, uh, escapades i gotta show you something from what happened in chicago since one of the listeners in the comments is asking since he was at that show too and spotted us i stand corrected it was not atticus kogar it was ricky shane page that got thrown off the thing kudos to you donald because i was wrong but let's just show mondo the clip and see maybe if after his mma career this is something he could see himself doing take a look <laughs> yeah donald you were right that was rsp i think rsp is gonna have a hell of a time getting up to go to AEW. <laughs> yo that's that's tough that's tough man but honestly <laughs> being around those guys and like getting to meet them all and just seeing what they're about who knows like i honestly i'm just i've always my whole life i've been the type of dude that i just go where the wind takes me you know like I've, i random stuff just gets my attention and i can't pinpoint what's next you know like there's always just random stuff that i'm into but obviously combatives and fitness and stuff like that has always been the common denominator but who knows you know I, that's definitely something i'd love to try hey man that was uh that was insane after, dude uh that brings up a good question so we've talked about this in prior episodes i know that you're a wrestling fan to some degree yourself you being in the chicago area a lot what are your thoughts on uh CM Punk showing back up. Dude, I love it. I love it for him, you know? I mean, granted, I, I don't like that he got such a tough rap when it comes to MMA. Like, I agree. He yeah. tried it, you know? Like, who, like, you can't say anything if you've never stepped foot in there. I don't care. Because even the biggest, baddest dude out there is going to feel some type of way when he steps into that cage. There's no doubt about it. So, the fact that he even made it in that cage, and I know what was going through his heart and his head when he was doing that, to some people, that shit's paralyzing. If you watch The Ultimate Fighter, it's happened twice already, where someone made it to the locker room and then just got such a bad panic attack that they started yep. facing some bullshit injury, and they ended up not fighting. It, it's a real thing. These This this shit really happens, man. And like He got a tough rap, but he's back home. He's back making his money, doing his thing, and he has my utmost respect on both ends of it. But what you really need to ask me is about Gable Stevenson. Let's talk about it. I was at SummerSlam. Ring the motherfucking bell. I was out there in Vegas before I went and hit Extreme Couture. Where? What are your thoughts on uh, Gable Stevenson making his way reportedly to the WWE? Because I'm going to tell you, as an MMA fan and a pro wrestling fan, go get your money, playboy, because he'd go to WWE, make you a bunch of bread for a few years, and then still come back to MMA, and now you got bargaining rights on Dana because now you can say your name is even built up even higher. Yeah. 
Hey, because many people don't know this. I don't know if you even know this. Do you know that when Kurt Angle was supposed to be on the uh, Ultimate Fighter, he was going to be one of the only ones that was getting paid for it? Like they, Kurt told him, I'm not coming in there to do that without getting paid. He was supposed to be on the same uh, season as Kimbo. Bro, imagine, imagine about those, imagine about those ratings. What would, what would those ratings have been like if Kurt Angle was on that bitch? Come on, huh? Like well, the world they said with just Kimbo on it, it was the highest rated. That would have been a TV show. That wouldn't have been a fighting show. That would have been a TV show. Top ratings, top everything. It would have been off the charts. Come on, now. Of course he was getting paid for that. But the way I see it is like. Dude, Gable, Gable has to go get his bread. Like, do you owe it to yourself? You're 21 years old, bro. I didn't start. I didn't even throw my first punch until I was 21 years old. Literally, I didn't throw my first punch. And this whole time, you know, he's focusing on wrestling. Um, those are skills. I mean, I give it the utmost respect. I, I've told you this every time I've been on your show. I give wrestling the utmost respect. But coming from collegiate wrestling. I promise you, it'll be a little bit easier for him to figure those movements out than any other person. He has a lot more. Well, body there's a reason why Kurt Angle did so well. A lot more fearlessness, a lot more just ability to do the things that they need to do. That he'll have extra time to throw a few punches here and there and get his shit right before he goes in there. Well, I, I agree that, with you did completely. You guys, did you guys hear what was coming out with the whole UFC thing? Apparently, Dana White and their whole little meeting they had with Gable Stevenson came out and basically said we want to see you get a couple wins on the regional scene and then we'll invite ah! you in. and then we'll invite you in for contender series not even for a contract we'll invite you that's in for fucking stupid series. in my opinion but it's like so, why would you even yeah no you gotta be you gotta sign him to a developmental off rip and talk real bread to him if you're not yeah. talking nice he's not gonna do it come on man he only needs he doesn't even need to take a lot of fights bro honestly he could go do his WWE situation for like literally. You can stretch that shit as far as you want. You can stretch that shit out ten years. Yeah. Go ahead, ten year career in the WWE. Be a super, super, superstar. You know, be on TV, be on movies, do all that stuff, and then come and take two, three fights. Boom, whatever. Go wrestle, fuck a couple people, and you're good to go. That's cool. I mean, I'm with you on that one, dude. Like I said, I think it's smart move by the kid. Like I said, I think it, if he does decide he wants to go wrestling at some point, it'll give him the, uh, it'll give him that bargaining chip with uh, Dana and them. I feel like it'll give him more stock when it comes time to negotiate a contract. Yeah, you need to you you need to go apples to apples with them if you really want to get paid. That's the only way to do it. If you don't give them something to talk about, they're not going to care to pay you. They're just not. So that's the thing. And honestly. I, that's how I can tell that he has a lot of good people around him, be, the people that actually care about him, because they talked him into the right thing. Yeah. If he, had, if he signed a if he signed a UFC contract or any developmental contract, I'll be like, dude, your friends are stupid. Well, it's funny you say that because we were watching uh, All Out with our buddy Ryan McKinnell from uh, Sirius XM, uh, you know, who's on MMA Today every day, and yeah. so we were talking to him. And he says it all the time. He's like, bro, if you're an up-and-coming fighter and your agent is trying to push you towards a contender series fight or the ultimate fighter or something like that, he was like, man, if I were you guys, I wouldn't take those contracts because of what they're getting, you know, what they're getting. He's like, you need to get you a straight three-fight deal or whatever it is because you keep hearing about all these guys that are getting these contender series contracts, but then you hear what they're getting paid. I mean, hell miles has even talked about it too on how, like when you get one of the ultimate fighter contracts, they lock you in at that one, you know, whatever it is, whether it's 
25 and 25, 10 and 10, whatever it is they put you on. And then you're stuck at that, even if you win your next six fights. So I could totally see where he's coming from. And in a case like Dave Gable Stevenson, if you have the ability to be able to go out there, make a bunch of money, and then you can still come back and uh, test yourself. Shit. Go get your bread, kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, the dude ain't scared of nothing. He won an Olympic gold medal. Come on now. You know, he ain't scared. He's just getting them, getting to the money. That's all it is. I was looking, you know, I'm the type like I'm gonna look through those comments. You know, I, it's very rare that I do that, but in that in that sense, I had to look at the comments. You know, there's some hating ass kids out there talking crazy, talking crazy, and it's just like, come on, man, don't give the dude some credit. Clearly, he's not scared. Clearly, he's ready to compete if he wanted to, but he's gonna do this, and that's cool. Yeah. Well, speaking about being ready to compete, how do you feel about? TRT Vitor versus Evander oh, Holyfield this weekend. Dude, don't even talk to me about any of that stuff, bro. Don't even talk to me about it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's embarrassing, not because of them, but because of the fact that they're making that much and we're out here really doing this. And we're getting paid from this bullshit, dude. It's so embarrassing. But the problem is that I, I can't blame anybody for getting their money. I'm never going to hate on somebody for making more money than me. The problem is that there's always going to be a fighter out there that's going to be like, yeah, I'll fight for that. Oh, I can be in the UFC and only fight for three and three? Cool, I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Of course, there's always going to be that idiot. So if anything, I'm surprised the shit hasn't been driven down. Like the, the, the starting contracts and stuff like that. Like these people are stupid, man. Like they're just – there's always going to be somebody that's going to do it cheaper. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah, well, and here's it. the thought. Like, the here's the thing. The top, even in title nego- negotiations and for, for title fights, they'll, they'll negotiate their way right out of a belt when they're the clear number one contender just because somebody else will fight for a couple hundred thousand dollars less or something. Like, crazy. Well, Donald is – I didn't know Donald's been over here been commenting the whole show about the wrestling stuff, but he said Josh Burns versus Sam Shoemaker is the fight he'll be watching. Well, hey, dude, yeah. if you're a fan of Josh Burns, I mean, we've got a couple interviews here for you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can see all of them. Uh, that being said, that like I said, dude, there's just so much – there's so much that's coming with that. And, like, on one hand, I understand why you would want to fight again, especially with – Tyson coming out and doing his thing. But again, it's like we always talk about um, on this show. And when it comes to fighting and shit, man, uh, there's levels to this shit. Holyfield's one of the best ever, period. But for him to go in there and get in there with a guy like Vitor when Holyfield hasn't fought in 10 years. And here's the thing nobody realized. You do realize the reason they had to move the fight to Florida is because they wouldn't... uh, uh, they wouldn't license Holyfield to fight in LA. I believe it. It's just like, and then, and the thing is, these care, fuckers bro. sell. Florida don't care. If it makes money, it makes sense over that way, bro. That's cool. You yeah. ain't lying. It's Florida Man Central, bro. Exactly. <laughs> just ask Florida Man. Fuck it. They can fight. <laughs> exactly, bro. Two arms, two okay, legs. We got on any thoughts on new. Let's see. Any thoughts on Newville boxing? Uh, boxing at the Delta Plex. I didn't know anything about there being boxing at the Delta Plex, so please feel free to fill me in. Talk about Dino. I'm tr- I'm just trying to go off the comment. Here's what she put. So any oh yeah, she is talking about Dino. Okay, okay, now I got you. You were right. 
I don't know much about that fight. Mondo, you seem to know a little bit more than I do on this one. So where are your thoughts on this one? <laughs> I have no idea, and I don't want to even hear about it. <laughs> don't, like, the, uh, hey, he, the man ain't done nothing wrong to me, man, but come on, bro. Come on, bro. Who is letting him do this? Who? Who is letting him do this? I'm, I'm genuinely mad. This is the first time I even hear about this, and I'm really hoping it's not true because that would be almost disrespectful to let that man go out there and do that. All right, fill me in because I don't know what's going on. You, you give me the show. Okay, so do you know who Dino is? I've heard the name, but I'm not sure. Okay, so, so. He's, the, he's the boxing coach at Blues Boxing Gym. Okay. But he's like, like, like on, on the, like, I mean, with all due he's respect. He's on the decline. He's, yeah, he's on the decline for sure. I mean, he don't, he's not walking right. Come on. <laughs> he, I don't know, bro. He, he don't got no business being in no cage or in no ring. Or anywhere near there. I, from the sounds of things, I'd say I'm gonna have to take your. Uh, I'm gonna have to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be bogus, man. But it's just like I would not find any joy in seeing that. There's, a, I would love to see a lot of people fight. I even, I even care to see people that don't know how to fight fight. But I don't want to see him fight. Why? Like, he, what more does he have to do? Like, he's he's fine. Yeah, oh, I agree with you completely. When you like, got a guy cool. like who's had that had that record has fought and done all those things man it's just sad to watch them feel like they have to keep going out there to fight and then you watch them i mean look where tommy hearns is at now bro he must have not one friend around him that was like no that's a terrible idea if any of his friends are telling him that's a good idea shame on them whoever it is i don't know who it is but whoever it is i'm not with it at all i all right well that sums that up all right well down. <laughs> Hey man, I, I mean, I'm glad you knew because I'm like, I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm out of the loop, Sarah. Let's see. I would not want, uh, I would not want to see him get hurt. I just saw it and had to ask. We're in the same vein. Yeah, man. It's one of those things, bro. It's just, it's just not, it's not beneficial for anybody. Nobody's winning there. I get it, man. I, I can't see myself ever not competing. I don't even want to think about it at all. But like, I, I mean, you, you just there's there comes that time for everybody and you got and and that's the thing you see so many guys that that happens to hopefully shout out to dino man if you're getting in the cage in the ring wherever you're stepping into best of luck with all that good stuff but hey at knockouts and three counts we don't run from the questions you throw them in the comments and i'll ask them bitches exactly. so, uh, like <laughs> hey man so like i said i we're looking forward to you doing your thing september oh here you go uh let's see another question in the comments did you guys see john chalbeck last bkfc fight beat the pest out of adam pellerino got robbed and took the fight at 155 now he's ranked the number 145 bkfc guy uh i remember chalbeck from when i first started training dude he was still fighting mma at a lot of the uh local shows when i first started so if he's going over there to bkfc and can really make uh, a name for himself there uh i just like i said man i uh I hope he does good. He's but, been, doing uh, thing, bro. He's been doing his thing. There, he's been doing yeah. really well. He has a good. That's what I've heard. Style. He has a great boxing style for bare knuckle because bare knuckle because he has good angles. He has good punches. He's pre- he's he's pretty fucking accurate. And the thing with him is, um, you know, he stays he stays in there, stays in your face. He hops in and out well. But I mean, it was hometown cooking last fight. Like, let's be real. Come on, man. We all know better than that. You ain't gonna fight no hometown kid and take it to a take it to a close fight and think you're gonna come out with a dub. 
Like, I, I mean, I watched the same yeah. fight as anybody else. So trust me, in my unbiased opinion, I also think he won that fight. But shit, dude. Like, we all know this. That's rule number one. That's damn near. They always tell you don't leave it to the judges, yeah. man. That shit's damn near. You hear that every time. Just like you hear fucking, like, after the fight, like put your hands up after the fight. It's the same shit. Like you hear all this stuff all the time and you don't think about it when you're out there. And then afterwards you're like, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, that's a shitty way to lose, man. Especially when you done fought through the whole thing, dude. Like, I mean, you fought through a full three round fight and then you lose because of some bullshit decision. I mean, he got two fights there already and he's, he, he won one quick and the other one, he did a good job. So I'm, I mean, I'm not a hater, bro. I'm here for everybody in Michigan. I want to see everybody do well. And I think he'll do – I think he's going to fare around just fine in the next fight. He's going to go out there and do his thing, and they're going to see that. I mean, he's he's where he belongs. He's going to be there for a reason. I mean, it's just one little hiccup. It's no big deal. He's going to be back in there. All right. Well, I'm with you on that one for sure. Like I said, Chalbeck is somebody we've actually had a few people have reached out to us and said they want us to bring uh, on the show. So maybe once he gets something lined up again, I'll have to uh, – I'll have to see what I can do about getting Shawbeck on the show. So thank you for the dialogue on Shawbeck. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, man, we've had you for a little bit here. Uh, you're getting ready to go uh, September 24th uh, for LFA 115. Uh, if everything, you know, if everything goes well in this fight, I mean, are you happy where you're at with uh, LFA or if you do pay, get through this fight, you know, you just, we were talking about the contender, the contender series fights. I mean, where, where's your mindset for what you want to do in the next few years? Um, so I'm just taking it a fight at a time, you know, all right now I'm pouring all my heart and soul into this preparation for this fight. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, I'm going to hit him with some good shit. Hopefully not get hit back and finish <laughs> the fight, go home, see my family. Um, fucking heal up relax just live life and then get right back in the gym on monday you know I, that's the good thing about lfa we fight friday so i get my two days off and i'm right back in there so uh after that man it's just trying to get my teammates ready for their fight uh you know they, they did it for me so i owe it to them to be the same body that they were for me and then after that uh i got a couple things up my sleeve that i don't really want to talk about yet but just know uh, I'm sticking with LFA. Uh, God willing, they keep signing me to these fights, and I keep uh, going in there and putting on performances. Um, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really care to look for the Ultimate Fighter or Contender Series or anything like that because you know it's that my name's been thrown in the hat a few times, and I've gotten my hopes up for nothing. So uh, we speak of the man, and then he comes, son of a bitch. We were, we were hey man, bro, it was all good shit. It was all good shit. Uh, what we were talking about, Shaw Beck, is we've got people in the comments. This is about the second or third time people have said they want me to bring you on the show. So uh, yeah. let's make that happen at some point. Donald's in here in the comments talking about he wants to see you come on before his next fight. So let's make that happen. Oh yeah. But uh, anyway, that was <laughs> some crazy <laughs> fucking. Uh, right? There you go. There's another one, Sarah too. She's like, bring Shaw Beck on the show. Shit, everybody wants Shaw Beck on the show. Uh, we'll have to uh, make that happen, dude. Got to get on there. He heard the people. Yeah, he heard the people. See, and knockouts and three counts a lot like AEWC. We like to try to listen to the fans here and all those kind of things like when we was in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, dude, we got a lot of good stuff to bring you from AEW. Hopefully, or not AEW, from knockouts and three counts. And uh, we'll hopefully be bringing you somebody from Pele Pro uh, Cheat Code, which is going down September 18th. Maybe the Butterfinger Champion. 
we'll see what happens. I got I got some shit under my sleeve. But uh hey dude, like I said, I appreciate the time. I appreciate you coming back. You get any more new ink since the last time I saw you? Oh yeah, bro. I got I, I gotta show you now, man. Look. <laughs> you have to. Oh shit, they're gonna give me the warning. The show is gonna get shut off. It's like uh so I got like a bunch of Aztec art. It's like a Aztec sun right there. Okay. And then on my arm, I have a feathered serpent, which is a Aztec god, actually. And it's like all around my arm. It looks like some clean work. Dude, that's fire. See, I just got a new one myself. You peep that there? I just yeah, got this no, that thing's hand. dope, dude. That thing's super dope. Yeah. Wait I got till you hear my idea to fill up the the rest of the sleeve, because since you're a wrestling fan, you'll be able to appreciate it. So at the bottom under where the knockouts and three counts part is, I'm gonna take the stone cold skull and put it on the bottom of my wrist. And instead oh, of the blue smoke, instead of the blue, yeah, yeah. So before the uh so instead of having the blue smoke, I'm gonna have it be burnt ashes come out because I got the phoenix that goes all the way up here, and then the inside of my leg arms already covered too. So I'm gonna fill it up with ashes and flames up the whole uh up the whole thing to tie it together. That's gonna be so badass. No. Shit, I'm dude. Good. I'm trying, but these tattoos ain't cheap, bro. Son of a bitch. They're not. They're not man. <laughs> they ain't cheap. They said get tattoos. They said it will look cool. They said what oh, they yeah. didn't tell you. <laughs> what they didn't tell you is it gonna go broke. Sarah, you ain't li- lying. Hell yeah, Stone Cold's awesome. I'm down for seeing Stone Cold on the TV and drink yeah. beer every day and twice on Sunday. And I got oh. to meet the guy. And like you said, it was a fucking family reunion. Well. It's going to be a re- reunion for Mondo Gutierrez when he steps back in that LFA cage and gets another dub uh, come September 24th. So, like I said, man, it's been uh, it's been great talking with you. Uh, you're always welcome back. And uh, if you got anybody you want to shout out, plug out, any of that good stuff, feel free to throw them away, bro. Um, Just all my supporters, you know. Uh, anybody that tuned in, I appreciate it. You know, it's kind of cool that I got the support of all the people that I do and that's who I do it for, really. So just shout out to everybody. Shout out to my team. Shout out to you guys. And that's pretty much it. You got a couple stories about that man yourself. See, now Sarah's trying to take us behind the damn curtain over here. Hot damn. Okay. But you got, uh, <laughs> you got to bring her on the show next. Hey, man. Shit. The more the merrier, bro. We can make it happen. But <laughs> hell yeah, dude. I'm looking forward to it. It's good to be back in the mitten, uh, going to Chicago and Vegas and Nashville and all that shit. But I mean, dude, it's crazy. I'm already ready for. Uh, I'm already round. I'm already ready for round two, dude. Fuck going back to work. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> that's what I'm saying bro. But until next time, in any between time, Mondo, I appreciate you. Let them know where Always they can find you on all your you, social medias and shit. Um, El Toro Gutierrez on Instagram, Mondo Gutierrez, obviously on Facebook, Mondo Gutierrez MMA for my professional Facebook, Twitter, Mondo Goes for Gold, and those are pretty much it right there. So check me out, um, follow along. I'm going to be posting a little bit more here, let people know what's up with the fight and everything, and then obviously tune in September 24th to see me do my thing against Brian Bautista. Well. He's going to hit him with the Batista bomb. Make sure you catch it out September 24th. Power bomb by knockout. You heard it here first. Bet your fucking money on Mondo Gutierrez. Until next time and in between time, peace. All right, baby.